good people of Los Angeles, welcome back. Oh, we're back to the backyard. I am currently staring at a microphone with a mask on. Josh Vice Slim are in my real physical backyard, not on digital screens. Yeah, we're in his booty hole. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa, wait. Whoa. <laughs> warning, warning, wrong warning, backyard, warning. wrong backyard. Uh, we have the good fortune of recording outside, and we are taking advantage of that, like our fellow Los Angelinos who are eating at restaurants and going on hikes with their loved ones that they've missed during the the heart of quarantine and we are thrilled to be together and what other celebratory topic could we possibly talk about besides mental health <laughs> that's right you think i'm joking and i'm actually not joking this episode's about mental health get your mind right get your body right sit down stand up get in your car drive along because you're going to be in for a two-hour discussion of how to get your noodle wet get it dry Get it wet, put it back into the... <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Slim in with the warning. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the backyard. Uh, cars driving by, helicopters and planes. We got Hoji barking in the back. King Hoji! Um, and as per usual, we will be using profanity. So if you're at work or around children or anywhere else, you feel like you shouldn't be listening to profanity, right now is a good place to stop. Get your mind right, motherfuckers. Correct. All right. Share this episode with someone you love. Oh, I like it. Or who might be having a hard time mentally. Yeah. Make sure you do something for yourself every day. What did you say before, Dewey? Next time you do, make sure you, what did you do to care about yourself today? Yeah. That's the question Ooh. I asked. And also, Hope what's you guys are all, never mind. It's what? a jack off joke. Oh. I let it go. Bye. Bye. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod where two scholars and a dickhead are back in the backyard. Doing our thing. Bia, bia, bia. I got Josh Sexy Spice to my right. right. Big Dweez to my left. Izquierda. And your favorite fat Korean is back in the back. And we are, we're potting, y'all. You guys hear that? That's a helicopter. No, that's a plane. That's the sound of the city. Hey. We got Hoji back here in a cone. Official Just pod dog. No this more our, balls. This is, snip, our, snip, this snip. is our first pod dog experience uh i'm just overjoyed (laughs) i'm getting caught up yo man what a what a crazy fucking year it's been the last time we recorded together was back in february that's what we're thinking that's what we're thinking so if there was a february it's been six months half a year gone uh three quarters of the year damn near gone like for real and, I mean, we we were trying to think of what to talk about, and we just kind of went back and forth and decided we're going to get get into a little mental health today. 
What's your oldest mental health memory? Slash <laughs> fights? Um, recently, not recently, that's not my first one, my oldest one, but recently, my dad was dropping me off at the airport, shout out Newark one time, and um, he was like, during the whole, I was, I was back in Jersey for about three weeks, and he kept on wanting me to watch this Korean drama, and it was about... Um, was it Camellia? No, no, it wasn't that, I forgot what it was called, Where but it was, it was about like a, like a mental hospital, you know, and... Um, about it's okay this, to not be okay. No, different, different. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. But there's like this doctor who finds really unconventional methods to really help unlock people's memories and traumatic experiences. Mm. And um, doctor's like really a good dude. And my dad kept on wanting to sit with me and watch this thing. And then uh, on the way to the airport, I was like, hey, why did you want me to watch this thing so bad? You've never wanted this before. He's like, because you have an anger problem and I want you to work through your shit. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what the fuck, people? And then we were just talking about how like I'm kind of known as like, either the calmer one or like I try to bring a little peace and love wherever I go and my own father was like you have issues that I can't help you with anymore and you're apart from me so I needed I was hoping this would kind of stir your imagination enough to get some help and I was like I was honestly very offended at first because I'm like do you know I'm angry I'm very I'm very I have good warrant to be angry at you at the family and I just took it and you know like like the like the better person I am than you dad and I was just like you know what? Maybe you're right. I do get angry at some things. <laughs> you turned it to Josh Spice on your dad. You were like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a point. You got a point. But it was it was wild. Like, even for his generation, he's always been kind of like, un- he's always been kind of an unconventional person himself. Mm-hmm. Kind of um, very loose with rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is very non-Korean. Very non-Korean mm-hmm. for his generation. But he, I think even him, he's been thinking about the importance of mental health. Especially mm. in today's modern age and dealing with growing up and dealing with being an adult here in this time. and um, I mean, that itself is crazy it. that someone from our parents' generation has the foresight to think of mental health. Yeah. Because that's not something an old school generation person really has in their thoughts right. at all, really. You know what I mean? Like, we come from a generation that's like, yo... Dad, like, I broke my arm. What the f- walk it off, fucker. What exactly. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're going to get in Sam and Josh's uh, Korean corner a little bit, but it comes from a very, like, deep-rooted thing of, like, you shouldn't show how much you're hurting. because, And that's actually, um, that's a skill, and that's, like, a benefit to your whole family is for you to take it all in and, and suffer on behalf of everybody. And you take that burden, right? And to yeah. really walk with that. And that proves kind of like an honorable way to live. Yeah, mm. A lot, I mean, I think... There's a grain of that I think I respect a lot, but at the same time, a lot of people in Korea have been killing themselves. A lot of people yeah. in Korea have been Well, because we come from a generation where probably the, one of the most important things that we, like principles we hold on to is saving face. Yes. Right? So we don't, yeah, you're right. Like we don't, we, we don't show weakness. Um, I think the first time I saw my dad do that was like when his best friend passed away a long time ago. We were at the funeral, just like straight face the whole time. And then right when we get into our car, just starts bawling. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's the type of thing it is. It's like, you hold it in until no one else can see you. Mm. And that's kind of like, that's could be detrimental to someone's mental health. Yeah, no, You know absolutely. what I mean? Like, so, my dad, as, uh, as, um, as kind of like unconventional and free spirit as he was, was very straight up to me when I was growing up. Me like, only time a man should cry is if, like, that's... You know, at a funeral, mm-hmm. right, right, when someone passes away, and that's the only really acceptable way when to cry. And I think that's, 
even his dad, who we, who we love and admire so much, who's um, gone now, but like that's something that he kind of instilled and rooted. But so for this to kind of flip, and maybe it is like becoming more um, normalized to ask for help in a certain way. But mm -hmm. it was it was a pretty wild ride to the airport to hear that and to understand that my dad was thinking that way. That's not just like a professional thing that he's struggling with. Mm -hmm. This might be something that's internally messing him up, you know. And um, that was. So something that I've been kind of reflecting on since I've been back, for mm -hmm. sure. Don't be angry, Josh. Yeah, I, I was going to say, are yeah. you also just angry around your family more than you are around all of us? Because I don't know Josh Spice's angry. Yeah, I think, are, we, are we always not that? that? Am I, is that, is that it's, no, I think especially normal, with... I don't know if it's normal. just Korean kids or just kids in general, but, like, we have this tendency that whenever our parents speak, even if it's not nagging, we hear it as nagging. So we get defensive and annoyed and, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I always tell, like, my homegirls, I congratulate my homegirls that have daughters a little harder than when they have sons just because I'm like, all right, you have someone that's going to, like, that you could, like, talk to. You know what I mean? Whereas boys, we kind of suck at that. Uh, we don't know how to just, like, sit there and have a, a just a regular conversation. It's just whatever our moms say to us, we think it's nagging and, like, it, it like, sets off a trigger in us where we're just a little more aggro than we would be if it was just our homies saying the same thing oh for sure for you sure. Know? and i think it's it, there's a part of there's a part of me that definitely wants to grow in that kind of relationship with my parents where i don't hear as nagging as much right but yeah for sure that's that's kind of what you what you grow into and i don't know i mean we all get angry sometimes <laughs> <laughs> wait so how did your dad break the mold and become this uh you know, renaissance man of sorts and just sort of like turn to the left with some of these cultural traditions but then still retain some. Like how did how did that all work? Yeah, I think it comes from he's uh he was the youngest of of uh of seven, right? He's youngest Ooh. of seven and there's like a twenty plus year age gap between oldest brother and him. So all the old, old um aunties and uncles, Korean War was like their their history, right? Mm -hmm. Was their very present. And for him, it was, like, just when they're peeling out of that. So I think that has to do with a lot of it. So, like, mm. this is really fascinating, too, because, like, all my oldest aunts and uncles, they came to the States, and they refused to teach Korean and Korean kind of culture and language to their kids because they're, like, we're here. We're from, American now. We're American now. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, Sam, Sam that this, it's, it's, it was le it's less prevalent now, I'd say, but mm. back when they first, the first immigrants came in the 70s, 60s, and 80s, that was really kind of kind of high up there, right? They left this country of poverty, this third world country at the time, right? And they were like, we were starting this new thing here. My dad was peeled off kind of that age where it was more acceptable to embrace Koreanness, but also he had this thing of being like the youngest child, right? So like he grew up with some of that, but not all that. And I think he kind of made his own way. Like he came here like when he was like 25, went to, went to college a little bit here in the States. And then I guess picked some of that up. Yeah. But um, when you're the yeah. youngest child, like especially in a like a family of like seven kids, mm. like the youngest child usually has like a certain type of independence to him. You oh, know what sure. I mean? Where it's just like, nah, like, I don't... They, they fight having to need anyone because they are the baby of the family. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's interesting. And my grandparents were already grandparents at the time when they were raising him. So it was mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. that's already in there. They're, they're kind of like, it'll be fine. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, you, you always see it. Like, how intense parents are on their first kids. And it just gets less and less as they keep popping them out. You're the youngest, right? Yeah. So he knows this well. 
Yeah. yeah. So and my sisters are like six and eight years older than me. So I was like the baby baby, and they were saints. Like total like, that's the type of kid you want to have. So by the time I came, like six years later, they were like, oh, like, like my daughters are good. Like he'll figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean, I didn't figure shit out. <laughs> he still figures shit out, folks. Yeah, man. Yeah, but what's that like for you, man? When was the first time where like even the term mental health or like the idea of like having a sound mind and like came 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 into your kind of existence? Um, I think mine was actually a little earlier, like in high school, because um, I've talked about it on here before, but when I was in high school, like in the Asian community, I feel like, you know, just communities in general, that's, that's the end of the crack era, but then the meth era came. So you saw people just like certain people lose their minds. They'll never be the same again. Even today, like I have an old friend who's still losing his mind to meth, you know? Mm. Um, so that's probably the first time I thought about it, you know, I, I, from, from the meth habits, like, I've had people straight, like, fucking blast their heads off, you know? So that's probably the first time I thought about mental health, when I saw people just, like, losing their minds on drugs. And for you, like, that's, like, drug culture has kind of always been a part of your life, and still is kind of part of your life. Oh, you have to talk about it like that, No, 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 like, yeah, I was definitely surrounded by it, like, um, but yeah, like it, there's certain drugs that, that you might not be able to come back from in the yeah. same way you were, but yeah. How about you, Dweez? What oh, was me? the first time you like thought about mental health? I don't think there was a first time. I think it was a constant. <laughs> you can't I just didn't know it was called that. Mm. Seriously yeah. though. So you're, you're a man of rigor and routine. So. No, 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 no. So does that come in terms of like I need to have like good habits and that helps me set it up? No, if I, don't I come have from it. a. So you guys talked about your parents and the tradition of like purposefully holding in your emotions and like making it a point or like there's these standards about like what to do. Mm-hmm. I, it was the opposite for me. There was like a lack of standards. Uh, there was chaos. I grew mm-hmm. up in chaos, mm-hmm. and uh, in chaos nothing is said so you're taking cues for what isn't said rather than what is so Mm. there's not like a lot of instruction it's sort of like you just observing and then taking notes on what you're seeing that's why asian people love dweez so much because he has good nunchi dude that's what it is so what nunchi is is like an awareness yeah it's like the reading the room basically but it comes from listening yeah go ahead well i think i'm a I've sometimes I'm a great listener, sometimes I'm not. Um, but I'll take I'll take that. Yeah, on my on my better days, I think I have that going on. And I think growing up, we had to piece together my two brothers and I why our parents left Los Angeles mm. and plopped us down. Left Los Angeles, left all of our, their family on both sides in Los Angeles, and plopped us down in a town that didn't even have stoplights, mm. um, didn't even have gas station. <laughs> the town great. that has a total of seven other children that lived there, or uh, including us, it was seven, so there's only four other kids um, that were there, you know, and then we'd like magically appear here every summer for yeah, the whole yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. And why did that happen? There was never an explanation. Um, so, without like deviating and going down too many dweez rabbit holes here, uh, 
the process of learning what mental health was was really putting together my family's history mm. because I've had a lot of tragedy in relation to mental health in my family mm -hmm. um, and continue even now to have a lot of that happen and so what I see as you know where you guys again like maybe had that more we're going to get we're, we're establishing the rules mm -hmm. about how we're going to deal with our minds and emotions in advance mm. this is the rules follow it doesn't really matter what you think mm -hmm. um it was like let's avoid talking about this subject altogether let's avoid talking about emotions altogether let's avoid talking about anything having to do with anything that is uncomfortable so let's avoid any sort of confrontation let's avoid discomfort and let's pretend that everything's fine when like everyone can see that everything's not fine hmm. so that's like permeated across like yeah uh, across my whole my whole family and it, it's not uncommon i think in families with a lot of addiction problems um especially like inherited addiction like when your grandfather was an alcoholic and his grandfather was an alcoholic and his grandfather was an alcoholic and there's like a normalization that happens but uh yeah i think mental health as a word when i started thinking about that seriously was probably in terms of myself probably only in the last year mm. you know like and it has become a trendy topic yeah like so in, it makes sense in in a yeah in those exact words I, I mean I also think I was evolving in that time to realize that mental health isn't really mental health at all mental health is health mm. and how your body and your mind are not disconnected in any way like mm. they are the same thing and i've seen so much in my own body a anyone who's exercised knows this like anyone who's had a bad day and gone for a walk and felt better knows this or i mean <laughs> even in like, a more real like type like where you, it's mm. you could see it is like someone that has something to live for like some an old person that has a job can retire and because they don't have anything to wake up for, like a job, they'll pass away within however long after right. they retired. We divide things, I think, into categories because we just want to better understand them. Mm -hmm. Like, and we want to control them. Life is so difficult to control, so we think when we name things or we put them in a category, we can like better understand and control them and discuss them. Maybe we can. And language is like compartmentalized in that way. But I, I truly don't believe mental health is different than regular health. Mm. And I don't think that like there's these like. I don't, you know, people talk about, like, their jobs, like, it's something separate, too. I mean... It's really, like, it's all I, part of, like, your life. I agree to a certain extent, but you could also be a jolly, fat motherfucker, but you could still die from diabetes, right? So, they are connected, but they aren't at the same time. Well, well, how do we know that the jolly, fat motherfucker is as jolly as we think he is? And that's the, that's, now we're getting to, like, the other things, which is, like, I don't know about you guys, my friends who've had issues, suicidal issues, mm -hmm. people talk about this all the time. Last person I would have thought. Yeah. Last person I would have thought. He always seemed so happy. She always, you know, could light up a room. Mm -hmm. So why does that happen? Well, it's also like... Because... Takes, uh, and that's, that takes up the truth is like, the way we act and the way other people perceive us mm -hmm. isn't like the full picture either. That's true. That's true. So, but going back on what you said, mm -hmm. uh, why does that strong person or that person that seems happy all the time like 
fall into something like that. It's because everybody views them as they're happy, they're fine, they're straight. And those people that are, you know, like their friends just know them as consistently like strong. Mm -hmm. They don't know where to lean when they're not strong. Because they're supposed to be the strong one all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like when you're like the the very outgoing, like super fun person at a party. And then one day you just feel like just chilling. Everyone just starts asking like, yo, what's wrong? Are you okay? You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, it's it's tough. Some people put them up in a power, like kind of like a power position where they're like, mm. I'm, I always got it. But then at certain point, like nobody could always be in control of everything all the time and when it slips through your fingers like you don't know where to lean so reach out to all your strong friends y'all like you never know they don't know where to go either yeah and i got some strong friends sitting across me right now and i know that Dweez, you were talking earlier um in earlier episodes about the the desire for you to share about what's going on with your family and and and, and um not really Caring what people, how people react, but as as a as a sounding board, as as a pure release, that this was helpful for you. Do you still find that talking to people and even talking to us, but also a larger community of people, and that might be that might be heard. And do you feel like that's still useful to you? Absolutely. Um, the only way to even begin the journey that is like getting to know yourself better, getting to know where you have blocks, hesitations, things that are getting in the way of you getting more into line with your own values. Mm. And the difference, the, the gap that we all have between what we want to do and what we do, or like what we think we should do and versus like what we actually like, you know, what we think based on society or your parents or your partner you know some some other external forces versus like finding a little bit more honesty with yourself there's gaps in all that and Mm. i think that the only way you can start to close those gaps a little bit is by uh is is by talking about it and i don't mean just talking about it verbally or just talking about it with out loud with friends or a therapist or whatever but also like writing about it also Mm. like you know putting it in some format that's not just swirling in your head because when things just swirl in our heads at least in my experience they become monsters of another kind and they can like be so much scarier and more unapproachable I mean the most terrifying things that I have had to like unearth in recent times became instantly less terrifying as soon as they were out there. I see. You know? And um, I I just think that, you know, when I was sharing, when I started sharing some of that stuff, uh, was really in the thick of some storms. And I know a lot of people are in storms right now. Um, You know, and now I feel like a lot of, like, the biggest, hardest parts of some of the things that I was dealing with have passed, actually. And I feel a lot... I have a little bit of perspective on it. And I just think that, like, dude, it's... Like, it's fine. It's fine to talk about anything that you want to talk about. If you don't want to talk about it, that's okay, too. But, you know, 
as I said, I think in one of the episodes, and I did have someone come up to me at one point at the bank and like tell me that it was like really meaningful to them, which meant a lot to me because I don't know, I just fucking ramble on shit, and sometimes I feel like I cross lines. I think it's 2020. There are no lines left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what I said that that night, which I still stand by, is like you have things in your head right now, like all of us do, um, and this sort of goes against kind of what you guys learned growing up, but like this idea that you can keep anything in, mm. I think it's a total fiction. Oh yeah, it's, absolutely. It comes out in the way you treat your kids. It comes out in the way you treat your friends. It comes out in the way you treat yourself. It comes out in the way you handle your job. It comes, it comes out some way. Mm-hmm. And it, and those ways I feel are like a lot more invasive in your being than just like if you sort out what it is and sorting it out doesn't always mean finding a quote-unquote answer a lot of this shit has no answers but if you can accept things that occurred or if you can accept a, a mistake you made or a, some some wrong that happened to you or you can forgive someone or you can forgive yourself if you can get to those places um those things that are affecting you will have a lot less impact and you're going to suffer a lot less. Like, the pain pain is going to fucking happen to you. It's going to happen to all of us. But I do believe that, like, we have the biggest control over how much we suffer. I think that that is 100% true. Mm. You are not guaranteed X amount of suffering, even if you experience some unfathomably difficult event. And um, I think we all get really great at making stories in our own heads about why something we experienced was either way more difficult than anyone could imagine or it's or it wasn't that bad and I sh- and it shouldn't be a big deal mm-hmm. to me and I should get over it and like neither of those is true either it's like it doesn't it's not a competition or you know what I mean it's just you experience things and it's up to you to decide to not hide from them anymore and if you choose to only point is they'll come they're gonna come for you they'll always come for you yeah and they'll come for you in a way that you don't control so in a way that you're not going to like. So you're better off, like, trying to go about fucking dealing with them. I mean, I've found that, I found that, ironically, growing up in a situation where people were avoiding all discomfort, I find that discomfort, to me, is a sign to go <coughs> towards that thing. Like, figure out what it is. Why yeah. is it so uncomfortable? Why do I have this resistance? Look at it with some curiosity, mm-hmm. and you can learn something. Yeah, and I think... You brought up the ways that if you do not deal with it, it comes out in the manners of your workplace or, you know, other communities you're a part of, sports, you know, your sports yeah. affiliation. And I think that... It comes out when you're getting twisted with your friends and you absolutely. just wanted to have a good night and now all of a sudden you're miserable and you guys are in a fight about something. Right, right, you know? right. And I think that's fascinating That's a way to, to tie in kind of this 2020 landscape because so many of those things that we can usually use as an outlet to to kind of get our thoughts out when we're not dealing with our own shit have been taken away from us because of yep. quarantine and because of this pandemic it's and harder to hide exactly in some ways and it's some not as, it's not as societally acceptable to be like you know there's things like you you have a bad boss or you have a dickhead boss at work right he's getting his own shit out at work that thing has been taken away from him for the most part nowadays right mm-hmm. so now we are at this point where we're dealing with things yeah. On on kind of it has to be an internal level first, or there's nothing to nothing well, nothing left to go to. And I mean, I do not, I have not heard these stories. I'm sure that like they're happening, 
and my heart goes out to the people that they're happening to but you know things like domestic violence mm-hmm. things like child abuse like those type of things are probably going up a lot during right. the pandemic one would hope that a threshold can be reached and things get addressed and talked about in an honest way before they get to like a violent level or whatever mm-hmm. but um you know i can't you know who knows who knows what's going on out there and things like school and things like work used to be in a, in a way good outlets or protective outlets from dysfunctional families as well um so there is like sort of like a downside to people being trapped together but i i find myself experiencing and i can only speak for myself like the more cocooning yeah. part of it where it's like yeah like there are miserable days and you'll have a ton of bad days right now and you won't have those outlets um but you have an opportunity to take a good hard look at yourself um maybe when you wouldn't want to before you'll find a way out of it and i hope that there are people who are taking advantage of that time i've certainly felt that i've gotten to take advantage of it, even though my work's been pretty busy through this maybe more busy than it was before um but mental health is like it's so extremely important and it's not something that anyone is i think immune to Mm. it's not just like your body physically exists like and is a part of everything that happens to you so is so too is your mind and so too are your thoughts until like you are in the grave and not thinking anymore so super important i could talk about this topic forever no no let's 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 keep running and i think the fact that you're the, the marriage here of mental health as health i think is really important i think that's that's been at at the center and the focus of a lot of really good things that have come out recently and about i don't know where it's it's more than just a hotline anymore right it's like yeah. it's an active active relationship people are building with one another um there's more places for people to go to talk about it um but sam I, you brought up before we we're talking just about like things that don't mean as much or matter matter anymore throughout quarantine right mm-hmm. and like i think while we talked about it, it's kind of like a like a and funny thing that we can kind of like talk talk away in a lot of ways it's a good thing because of the those things that we're talking about that have been just maybe you know good or bad outlets have been erased so like what are some things for you that are just like not necessarily important to your life than uh than they were uh maybe six months ago i mean i don't know about for me but i mean we were talking about how important it is to have a place of work or how important it used to be compared to how important it is now like Mm. how many people are being productive at home and have enough time to do other shit and they're not stuck at at an office for an extra couple hours when they finished all their work just because those are the hours yeah you know what i mean um we were talking about little things like you know like calling your friend and being like hey what are you doing like what are you doing doesn't mean shit anymore like you ain't doing shit nobody's doing shit yeah yeah questions like what's up and how are you should be like banished but no 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 but how are you how are you has become more significant because in essence that swings more than ever before now right like you could for no fucking reason you wake up and you're like oh shit i can't do anything today you know so it's just like those are the types of things where it's just like it puts things into perspective of or not even perspective it it changes 
it changed what people thought was important. You know what I mean? Um, Josh, do you have do you have noticed? Have you noticed uh, things you used to think are important and aren't important anymore? I'm not quite ready to answer that question, so I want to redirect it just a little bit. <laughs> but do you remember when we were talking about a while back? We were saying like how we all hated the question like, "What do you do?" Yeah. Basically, like for work, and then uh-huh. we wanted to reframe it like, "Was it like what are you thinking about or like what are you about?" Kind of thing. Is that yeah, what is are that you some... about? I've so I've had a I've had an evolution in that question. Is okay. that where you're going? Yeah, with yeah, yeah. Talk talk to me through that because I think that's kind of on brand with like instead of like. What are you doing? It's like, how are you kind of hits, hopefully, at more of the core how, of like, how, what we're But the doing. problem with how are you, I think it does. The problem with how, how are you is it's so it's still a, such a common question. I see. That people answer it automatically. Yeah, yeah. Even if you know them kind of well, we all are in like this mode, right? And so when we get asked that question, it's usually the first question. So you're not ready to actually talk about how you sure. are. Mm-hmm. It almost would be great if how are you comes like 20 Well, it's usually how are you, what's been going on with you? What's been going on with you? Today? I've got I've got one that I think is great though, and it's hard to wiggle out of. Mm. What's been on your mind? Mm. I like that. I like that. Because sometimes, like, what's been on your mind, it's both immediate, and you know, it could just be like, dude, I tried to like just go get the ice cream truck right now, and I missed him. That's and so I'm missing my. Like, it happens. Mm-hmm. I think about that often. And that's kind of like You're a missing beautiful. The ice cream truck? That's like a beautiful anecdote of like, you know, a slice of life moment that you can enjoy. But if you ask that and someone didn't have that and they're literally just like right before you talk to them thinking about the fact that they lost their job or that, you know, they'll just be like, yeah, dude, I just am stressed out about not being able to find work. And that's like an easier answer. If I ask the same person, how are you? Like, oh, I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I, I do I'm think okay what's, not a good answer what's been on your mind? Or, yeah, yeah what's, or I'll, like if, I was, if I was talking to Josh, like, what's, on, what's been on Josh Spice's mind lately? Because I think that that's like, all we can ever really find out right now is like where someone, like Sam said, you wake up one morning, you're this way. Two days later, you're like completely different place. Mm. Yeah. Even though we're at the same. It's the room. same shit. Yeah. Uh, but different things go into your mind. <coughs> I felt like I've lived lifetimes during the quarantine. Where I've like thought, <laughs> I've, my mind has been on way different topics at different times, and um, so I, for me, that's been a good. A good question. Do you know what the cheap, the cheaper version of that question is? The budget value version of that question is. Let's hear it. What are you watching? It's it's it, you can I, I I could literally answer what's on your mind with Avatar Korra right now because that's what I'm I'm watching right now. Yeah, but can you ask ask what's what are you watching right away? Like the first thing. I think I. Because I, I think so. you can ask like what's been on your mind like the second thing you say. Okay. To okay. Like okay, hey, okay. how's it, or you could be like, what's up, man? And then oh, nothing. <sighs> Shoot, man, what's been on your mind? And it sort of takes you off guard, but then you do answer it, I think, yeah. seriously. Like, no, I think that's it. the better way, for sure. Yeah. But if I said the second question being, what are you watching? What are you binging now? And then I just give you, give you which streaming service. But you, you just are promoting streaming with Spice right now on the air. That's why you're talking about it. <laughs> bro, 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 we're but back if, Monday, 7.30 to 9.30 Pacific Standard Time. If Josh's cousin like, called him like tomorrow and he's like, hey, how's it going? Josh wouldn't be like, hey, dude, what's up? Uh, what have you been watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although right. you should. It's a mid conversation. It's that, a midi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think you should. I'm just saying you probably wouldn't. No, no, it's good. I think that what's on your mind is the best version of that question. Yeah. For sure. Because that's like, because we're here, you know? We're like here in our heads. That's why mental health is a great topic for this pod because, yeah. and this time, because we are here in our heads and very few of us are out in the world doing all that much. Right. So what else has been on our minds yeah, in the well, past few months? I was about to ask you that, bro. Damn. Okay. You know, like what really has been on our minds? 
Let's get into it. Just a random fucking, like, thoughts that you have just laying in bed in the middle of the night. The Adidas Samba. The Adidas Samba. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't know if you guys knew. Uh, LAFC did a collaboration. No, I'm just kidding. If you didn't know that there's an Adidas Samba and you're listening to this episode, that means you probably actually, ain't get a pair. No, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm almost happy that somehow you missed the wave of our takeover week of Samba hood. I just love that shoe, and I love the shoe. And Slim and I are wearing uh, Sambas right now. It's kind of cool because they don't come out until tomorrow when we're technically recording this. So that feels cool. You know, we all here. We all here. Shout out Tim. Shout out to Tim. Um, well, so I also wanted to mention we're recording this on um, the 21st before there's going to be like the first ever home game tomorrow without supporters, like a real one. There's like there's like a weird, you know, Nas came out with a new album today. Uh, shout out to Little Dweez and the band he's uh, worked with, The Neighborhood, has come out with a new song today that Sean actually did some work on. So there's like a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, I had a friend who lost a job today. I think like what's been on my mind is just like how much every day has is just packed with like crazy highs and lows. Yeah. And some days it seems like, especially if you use the internet a lot, you can like find those in the external world. Mm -hmm. But since I've been less active on social media lately i've like taken like, a pretty pretty uniform break from it uh, i think we might need to grab hoji oh yeah don't forget that he's barking our dog's barking and with that we're gonna take our first break all right <laughs> Yo, we're back. <laughs> second segment. We're back in the backyard. Yeah. I think it's important to talk about that for a second, actually. Yeah, let's, let's, let's run that a little so bit. So we're talking about mental health, right? And I've been pretty careful during quarantine uh, up until we did some photo and video for the shoe release last Jesus, weekend. Samba, every Samba, segment. Samba, 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 Samba. Uh, we I love you, Tim. Thank you. No, I, I hadn't had more than one person at my house since March, since St. Patrick's Day, when both of you guys mm -hmm. were here. And, um, you know, I, I realized that everyone's going to do their own thing, no judgment here, but that's just how we've been rolling at the Budlong house. And I also realized that that many months in, my mental health was starting to get affected mm -hmm. by not seeing people. And Slim and I talked about this. I don't know. Did we talk about it on a podcast? We might not have. Not really. No, I don't. I think it was yeah. after. So, you know, Slim, Slim and I were. I think that that week we were both just having. Yeah. Bad weeks. Basically, about a month ago. So it yeah. took us. You know, everyone was tripping from the beginning. It took us a good like four months to really start feeling like the cabin fever. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, for sure. And you, you, we, we were talking, and you're like. I forget like how you worded what you also I'll just let you describe what you did. I was like, well, so what did you do? Like, what was your solution? I just went out. I just went out for drinks to, to my normal watering hole. Yeah, uh, it, it's not normal because all the tables are outside now. Mm -hmm. But I just needed one night to just kind of. I don't know. I think companionship is. 
is just more significant now. You know what I mean? Just going to meet up with your friends. Um, something I've struggled with through this time is just like picking up the phone to call someone. Just because we like, you know, I used to like, I would say up until like, you know, 23 years old, I was I was so good about it, just calling everyone and just seeing how everyone was doing. And then the text generation came in and I forgot how to just call a friend. You know what I mean? And mm. then that's kind of been something that I've been thinking about lately. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that one night, I, I or that week that I was feeling a little bit of cabin fever after four months of being in quarantine, I just went out to to a bar in K Town, had a few drinks, had a few laughs with some friends, and that was kind of like the refreshing I needed to to quarantine again, I guess. But just that little feeling of normalcy, just like you know us being in the backyard right now, it's it's a reminder that of what it what was and what is to come later well yeah and i mean for me it was like a a final acceptance in just how long this is all going to go on and sort of like a understanding with those who you live with that like people are on the same page about like what's okay and what isn't because for the first time ever we're all making decisions not based on ourselves right like every decision we make at least affects the people you see yeah um and, you know, I, I, I'm not even going to get into all the different scenarios about how people can or can't survive the virus. Like, we all just know that it's, it's better if we don't get the virus. Yeah. It's better if we don't pass it on to others, right? Like, that's, that can be well understood for everyone. Um, but, yeah, I, I also hit that mental health that health limit and I made a very different decision which has been pretty effective as well but I decided that I was going to try to train for this 100 mile race because if there's a way uh-huh. to get if there's a if I mean I say 100 mile race like it's a real race it's just going to be me running 100 miles from probably like yeah, where the top of happening? Mount Wilson so across LA so my plan is to start at the top of Mount Wilson go over the Vertigo Mountains, go through Griffith Park, go through the Santa Monica's, go to the beach, come down to Kenneth Hawn, and finish at Bank of California. Wait, why is this your plan? Is it not a set course? No, I'm just going to be doing it on my own. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was like a fucking sign-up shit. Like, you get no. a bib and shit. You're no, no, such no. a fucking sign-up. There's no events. There's no events during COVID. There's no, there, there's no dweez in this, in you, in this world. Oh, my. What? Yeah, so. 100 miles. Oh, you're setting this course. No, so, and look, I'm trying to do it with my, two of my cousins and my brother, you know, we did lose our aunt uh, recently, and her favorite holiday was always um, it's the Thanksgiving, so our plan is to run it the day before Thanksgiving, going into Thanksgiving, sort of in her honor. A hundred miles, wow. And, uh, you know, she was like a very outdoors, she appreciated the LA outdoors, I think, one of the things that's not your own mental health in your in your house that you can sort of work on that also i guess can benefit that side of you if you want to separate the things is like this is there's never been a better time to go outside like mm. there's never been a better time to go to nature to go on a fucking walk to go to go hike to go run to go you know within reason obviously we know like how crowded some of those places can get right now and that's also problematic but if you you know do it smart uh, it's a great it's a great time to 
realize that despite everything going on, like the trees are still blowing in the breeze, the birds are still flying around. Like it's pretty cool that like that we have all of that here. And Los Angeles is an incredible place for nature. We have so much near us, and I've been able to enjoy the trails as like a runner uh, a lot for the past like I would say six or seven years since I've been running. And when I run, which I've never ever trained, like I've never ever trained properly um, for anything. I just like squeezed in what I could and then went and did the race. But this time I'm actually training. Uh, so I run about five days a week, uh, six days a week sometimes. And it's it, the progressively more each, each week. So I'm in week five. If I make it, if I make it to week nine, I might like actually really like be like, look, I'm doing this. I still, who knows? I'm taking things week by week. If things go haywire and I can't keep up, maybe I'm not going to end up doing the hundred miles, but the plan right now is to do it, and today I did, and I wasn't joking, I did run a full marathon at Expo Park Years today, ago. Uh, just running around in circles. The bank, I think I did, I probably did like nine circles around the stadium today. Um, how did it look? How did, how did the stadium look? The yeah. stadium looked great. I mean, there's, uh, you can see some of the, the, the design set up for where people would normally be sitting. Uh, yep, shout the, out our guy Fernando for coming out with that design man y'all will see it soon yeah Beautiful. first patreon subscriber fernando yeah. <laughs> Shout we're out not live yet sorry y'all fernando you're the you're the one fern you're, you're one. gonna get just an endless... sorry bro once quarantine's over i'm giving you a lap dance <laughs> yeah there's gonna be some That's there's gonna the be some perks. there's gonna be <laughs> the some lux package there's gonna be some patreon perks that fernando gets that no one will ever that was nap. a good fat joke you fuck <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow my point is my long-winded point is, uh, as as slim, I also hit this limit, and so the running thing actually, and I notice now the days I take off, I get I'm a little bit more irritable mm. when I'm not. But if I go run, I have no energy left to get mad about anything, or sad about anything, or upset about anything, because I'm just like my body's exhausted, and I'm very grateful for just everything that I have, including my body that can like just go and do these things. Yeah. Like, I think that that's, and I've surprised myself, like, when I first ran a marathon, the LA Marathon, however long ago, I was dead afterwards. Mm. Like, I couldn't even walk. I ran a marathon today, I'm going to go run two hours tomorrow morning, because I'm still, like, fine. It's really crazy what the body can go through. I think the mind's the same, though. You can press your mind in the same way, if we're going to bring it back to the mental health thing, in ways that you don't think you can. Mm -hmm. Like, you're stronger than you think you are. You can deal with the things that you don't think you can deal with. It's not, but you have to like take those first steps. Just like I, I didn't ever plan to run a marathon. This all like happened by accident. We didn't plan to record podcasts for as long as we have, but look at us. And I do think that the mental health thing is what brought the three of us here today because I think for all of us, naturally, I, you know, we have been social distancing, like everything here, and we're also outside. It lends itself, we're not like crammed in a studio together, so it lends itself to like kind of a safe recording environment. But more than anything, it's just like it was so good to see both of you. And I think for like our mental health, all three of our mental health, this is like a big boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so you all have to, you know, pick and choose those things that you can you can do to to take care of that part because this isn't going away. It's going to. This is life is going to be like this for longer than any of us want it to. And so you got to find ways to to get through. Well, that was a diatribe. A little depressing. <laughs> no, depressing diatribes. Yeah. No, man. I mean, 
Yeah. Y'all, so were you guys, you guys were doing your own grocery shopping during this time? Everybody here? So we've, on, like, straight up, everything's been delivered. Okay. Mm. We, gotcha. we almost, you tell me that. almost yeah, haven't yeah. gone to the grocery store at all. Can I tell you, like, the one time, so I went to Costco, fairly, like, in the, in the middle of it, in the heart of it. Mm. I mean, we're still in the heart of it, I guess. But in, in the heart of it with two of my friends who have a Costco card, and mm. they're like, they picked my, my bum ass up. I mean, what, we, what, we, we, we go there, and of course you see the line, the 30, 40 minute line that's mm. waiting to go up. And it's the buzz of being around a large group of people who are, yes, social distancing, and are all in their, their people are fairly polite and because they don't want to talk to nobody, but mm. they're just like, they're in their own space. They're being real Asian. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they're being good Asian people out here on the Costco line. Um, and then um, kind of everyone's going like in this like snake, you know, s- snaking around these aisles like very like slowly but also cautiously and picking just what they need. And uh, there was a weird like um, it wasn't normal. You're right. It wasn't normal, but it was kind of this touch of reality that we used to have. And I think being around people in that way and of course and Dewey's we talked about this in the past how seeing the people with face guards who have to work these shifts is like not the best feeling because you have you realize like a lot of these people probably don't want to be there and don't want to work there out of their own health concerns but they're there in the first place and yet there is this kind of um there's this energy you miss when you're not around people and i get that i get that and i, think, I miss crowds yeah yeah Do you guys miss crowds yeah i think that's that was part of it that was some really people don't like crowds but yeah. I, i'm like i like there have been a couple times where i had just like a jarring like i just wish i was around a bunch of sweaty people of course the north end comes to mind but even just like a concert yeah yeah i like, miss it but i don't know if i'm ready to go back yet no of course not. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i don't think i would there's a certain anonymity that you you get lended to you when you're in a crowd mm-hmm. and you're just like one of the larger group mm-hmm. that you cannot get inside your own head in your own house. You mm-hmm. have to deal with exactly what the fuck you're thinking about mm-hmm. and what you're responsible for. But when you're out there, I think while everyone's being, you know, fairly cautious, mm-hmm. there is some some part of like I'm a part of a larger world than my bedroom kind mm-hmm. of thing that was kind of refreshing for me. A at the good time. reminder. Yes, and I think I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't wait to go back, and I think that's that's the weird thing, and that's why I, I I get you with the bar slim. I I've been to Sake Sake House since, and like chilled there, and like they have, I mean, their their whole thing is beautifully lit, and there's probably too many people there, but at the same does time, does it feel like, good to be out? Because I haven't gone to a restaurant or bar yet, and like actually ate there. Does it, it did. does it feel good? And is it feel good? And is there like a different feeling involved, or is it basically the same as just outside? You run 15 minutes in conversation, and you're you're back in the dead of it. I think. Yeah. I mean, was that a, like for you? When you're yeah, like, like once you get a couple shots in and and you're just vibing with your friends, like you kind of go back into you know it's it's kind of like people say like riding a bike, you you still remember how it is like it's not the same as what it used to be, but it's still there. Um, Do you feel like you're just in a you're just having like a moment and then you have to go back? Like, does, is that part kind of a bummer? I don't think I've gone out enough times to have felt that. You know what I mean? I'm, I've still kind of been laying low for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen my family a couple times. I've seen TSG a couple times. I've seen my Cerritos friends a couple times, and that's about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's really... Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm visiting my family. I don't want, like, I know my parents aren't going out and they're super quarantining, so I don't want to be the fucking asshole. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. 
Um, I will say one thing for me with restaurants and bars and stuff is like I was, I had a, a dual experience of like being at a restaurant patio like three, four days before lockdown mm. and then now coming back to it and the attitudes and the postures are completely different. So I remember going there right before we got shut down and there was, you know, everything was like getting real bad and I was like holding my fork different. I was just like, oh, man, dude, like, you know, like I was very cautious, conscious about like how I cut my food and ate my food and mm. made sure I was being respectful to everything. Mm. And now, better for better or worse, I went to the, I went to outside bar patio and everyone is just kind of leaning and slouching and kind of talking freely and having a good time. And it's probably not the best in the long run for physical health stuff. But I think that that touch of reality that we we're talking about before, I think that's what that's really yeah. what that that meant. You know, it's like being able to lay back and like for us for for 40 to two hours, 40 minutes to two hours, like I get to forget that this should happen. And I think you really do forget in a little bit, you know? And yeah. then once you have to start, like, you start fumbling with your keys, and you're like, okay, I have to, this is my route home. That's when you start to, like, pick up, like, I have hand sanitizer in my car, and I have to do this. And so if that's the new kind of normalcy, the new normal that comes out of this, like, maybe that's just how we, we choose to understand Los Angeles from now on, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. This is the new normal. It's not like we're gonna go back to like everything being the way it was at some point. It's and and what I'm what I'm finding about the new normal is that it moves. Oh yeah. So that's like okay. the new the new normal isn't normal, and I don't mean like normal as in what it used to be. I mean normal. I feel like the word normal probably defines some like set, like static, something that's static, right? Well, the new it's normal set. is ever changing. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So, so you thought that was always the case before even quarantine? No, no, no. Okay. The normal is set, and then now it, it's... It, well, like, to a certain extent, yeah. Like, things are always changing. You could always change. Like, as humans, that's the yeah. one of the main special things about being human compared to, like, an ant, right? Is we don't have to fall in a fucking ant trail and find this food and go back to our hill. Oh, don't Like, we, we could change the tra trajectory of our lives at any moment if we decide to. That's some mental health knowledge that yeah. someone has dropped on y'all. I hope you were paying attention. But uh, I, no, we're not I just worker worker ants, worker bees out here. Yeah, like that's that's kind of the the you know that's why we have shit like you know like serial killers and shit. That's oh, okay. not you know what I mean. Like it could it <laughs> okay, could get so dark. dark Sam. No, okay. it could get dark too. <laughs> but like yeah, like yeah. So, the new normal being ever changing, because we've talked about the new normal, right? And we know that like life's never going to go back fully to what it was like, mm -hmm. in and, and i don't mean that and only a bad connotation or whatever like things are going to be different but the difference is that it's going to keep being different to it's going to be different and different and different for like a while yeah and so um it's been interesting to me to like just watch myself adjust in it um i think i was really struggling at the beginning with um judge just judgment and being judgmental of like because i i mean i had a sick aunt who i was seeing mm -hmm. you know and like stuff like that and those people who have family members who are vulnerable or people in their family their household i think that those are all like reasonable concerns and i think there was a period 
where we all thought like it was possible for us to get ahead of this thing. And now that we know that we are not, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not it, the the cat's way all the way out of the bag. Um, and it's not going back in. So yes, the vaccine, and even when the vaccine, when it becomes widely available, blah, 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 who knows? Um, so we can't rely on that, right? So we all have to figure out in our own lives what is our normal um, this week. I found that week by week is a way better approach, time frame-wise, versus day by day or month by month, mm-hmm. because so much changes in a month, and day by day is just like too insane to live yeah. by when you're like when your days are so repetitive so i find myself looking at things week by week and it's been great like because mm. yeah. it's like oh so what's like what's gonna go on this week like maybe i i get to record a podcast with sam and josh on friday it's great like we haven't decided yet like what we're gonna do next week whether we're gonna like you know do it on tuesday or whenever we're gonna record and it kind of feels good to just like look at things in those bite-sized chunks because next week things might change one way or the other mm-hmm um, and that's part of the new normal, I think, because I didn't. I don't think I ever thought about things in that short of a time frame. Has there been any changes in like what you desire, just in general? Whether it's you know, like we at the beginning of this year, we had all these aspirations of like I'm sure like writing more. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, how has that shifted since all this happened? Like, what? What at the beginning of the year did you think that you were gonna do that? I want Spice to get. I want Spice to hit that one first. Yeah, like you know, Spice has been through two different jobs, right? You're on job two during yes, 2020. Mm-hmm. Job three. Job three job during three. 2020. And oh yeah, that's right. Two during quarantine, basically a quarantine change. And then mm-hmm. you also went home. I feel like you've had more movement. So has yeah, has things have things changed for you in that regard? Yeah, I mean, so I work in marketing, mm-hmm. and as we were talking about before, marketing is oftentimes the first budget to get slashed for good reason, I'd say. Writers are the first budget to get slashed, and then marketing. I'm a writer in marketing, so it's there a double you go, you're, du- you're double whammy. Yeah, double whammy in there. So there's um, and this this whole idea of like essential versus non essential, and essential workers who are doing things right now are incredibly important. I do not take anything away from them. They're, they're saving us right now. I think there's something about the career path that I've chosen that I've seen as like, I mean, it's central to my life and my livelihood mm-hmm. that people above me who pay for, pay for my, you know, my paycheck and all that stuff have seen as non-essential or um, unnecessary. Right. And so there's a part of me that's like a third job in this year. I know I'm not the only one. There are people probably run through a gamut of different things right now as well professionally I think I've come to the point where it's like um, what I desire is something that I can call my own that would that um, that can be as you know as as profitable as it is essential to my own life you know so like so you and you didn't have that before quarantine no I mean I, I got like lit- I, I've gone through the thing where like I used to get all I'm a good ad- advertising school kid was getting all my kicks from like I want to work at a big agency and mm. get like the big commercial done and that's like going to give me this sense of pleasure or joy that comes out of it and the fact of the matter is I think most people in the industry will tell you that that's it's a fleeting feeling that possibly doesn't exist at the at the end of the day right mm. you enjoy working with the team I love my coworkers but it's not really like your life's work and so I'm trying to find a way where um 
to do my own thing where no one can tell me that I'm an essential, you know, or non-essential, if that's the right word. Yeah, when you rely on a company or even an industry, yeah, you're really putting yourself in a p- position to, like, have the rug pulled out from under you at yeah, some point. Yeah, for um, sure. And it does, I think when we're talking about jobs before, it, people do relate such importance on it as a part of their identity, and I think a lot of times rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at myself and being like, if I'm not getting the pleasure or the kicks out of it anymore, like, why is this, why is this thing yeah, the majority of If you don't, if you don't have the safety and you don't have the pleasure. Yeah, yeah, then it's like... Because the safety, I mean, let's be honest, like, whatever your background might be, plenty of people pick a safe career just because it's safe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they'll have a way to provide for their families or, you know, care for their parents, whatever, whatever, ha- what have you. But the reality is what is safe now right and maybe mm-hmm. nothing's safe but the joke about it is that the nothing was really ever safe yeah mm-hmm. because like life was always fragile right mm-hmm. it's more fragile but it was always fragile and i think like those type of things are things that most people are feeling during this they're mm-hmm. like, it's not like something that's going over people's heads they're like oh wait this was all kind of like <laughs> always hanging by a thread mm-hmm. yeah and that's great i think it's great that people get a chance to see that can, we can, should all be so lucky. I, I wanted to kind of like ask you guys this question, and I think it ties in nicely, is that I've been looking at like other countries outside of us who for the most part, I mean, we've America has lost to coronavirus, to, to COVID. We've Defeat. lost to it. Yeah. yeah, we've been defeated. We don't need to get into political side of it, but yes. Yes, right. We've, we've lost. I was told that we can't talk about politics on this podcast. That's good. <laughs> Slim and Jack wouldn't let me. As a society and as a culture, we've lost. And so... As someone who does not have citizenship anywhere else, but has a strong tie to a motherland or whatever of Korea, has that ever crossed your two minds? And Dweez, I know you're talking about Ireland in the past about leaving and about fight. But this is it. I'm trying to find some kind of normalcy in a culture that's still kind of new to me and and wild, but still has some kind of understanding of normal set. So I'm clinging to that still. That's why I think I have this desire, this dream in my heart to go there, quarantine for two weeks at a, at a, at a government-sanctioned motel, and then go see my family and then try to make a life out there. Like, that has been in the deep recesses of my mind. So, like, has that been ever a part of you guys to be like, There's, this is not the whole world in, in, this little, in, this idea, in this bubble in the city we live in? Is there a way we, we leave and find something new? Is that, has that ever crossed your, your guys' mind? Yeah. Um, I've been talking to one of my friends who's in the CIA. He's like... Dude, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So every time Slim talks about one of his homies, he's just like, I don't know what kind of homie Rolodex Slim has, but whether it's someone who just like helped produce the Nas album, whether it's like someone who, like you know, the... the just all the hip hop stories he's got, like some, he just like has these plugs, just these little things. He'll bring on guests, he'll just like randomly do stuff, and then he'll drop the CIA, which this is like a left field, but somehow doesn't surprise me. That's, I don't know. That, no, that's kind of how we feel whenever you tell the fucking story, bro. <laughs> Joe Crazy ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um, what's funny is we met at a church camp mad long ago. He that's used to be is, a Marine. Baby. Church plants. Yeah, CIA no, plants. he used to be a Marine, and then, uh, he, like, afterwards, he, he joined one of those, uh, like, non-government militaries. Uh, Mercenary shit? Yeah, yeah, so he was doing that <laughs> shit for a while, then he became CIA, 
And he's just like, yo, if shit hits the fan, like, let's just just come live with me in Singapore. <laughs> and I was like, could yo, I'm worse. not rich enough to live in Singapore. Yeah, he's like, worse places to live but he's country. like, it's cool, man. I have money. <laughs> but so I have thought about it. Korea, honestly, I don't think I could ever live in Korea just because I think of like the corporate hierarchy and the infrastructure that is Korea. And I would never want to work for a Korean person because they're fucking assholes when they're in power. Yep. Um, but. As far as like, I have I have a couple of friends who who are just out there right now. They quarantined for two weeks and they're they're just in Korea and they're partying and shit. And I'm like, yo, like that shit looks so fun. So that they do they have like a, a job out there? They're just chilling out there. He's What's a fucking twitcher. I see. So I he's see. literally live streaming, just walking around with the fucking selfie stick, just walking around the streets of well, Korea. So, so that kind of goes back to Josh's point, which is like, if you can find a thing, exactly that you can do. From anywhere, and you're not relying on it. Yeah, and that's becoming that's definitely becoming a bigger thing. I have a homegirl who used to be a lawyer, and then she started fucking wearing spaghetti straps and like playing video games on Twitch, and she's not a lawyer anymore. Fire, love it. You know what I mean? And then she's like, "Oh, I have a following now. I'm also gonna do a travel blog." She just has her boyfriend put on a fucking body cam and follow her around the streets of like wherever the fuck they are, and she gets paid to travel and play video games, bro. Get dude. But that also kind of sounds miserable. I mean, I'll show some titties on a video game, bro. Tip me, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll even yo, shave yo, my yo, chest. Balloons, baby. Yo, hey, yo. where them tokens at? Yeah. <laughs> Buy my motocon. Yeah, uh, what about y'all, man? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, look. You you're, talking, you're a citizen of the world. I please. have never... I... I would be surprised. Oh, you're, you're the biggest nomad out of all of us. I would never not think about leaving wherever I was at the time. And there's a part of that that's super, in a mental health sense, dangerous. Like, if you're not satisfied with, like, where you're at and you're always, like, thinking that some place or going somewhere and that place is going to, like, be the answer, I think that's See, but I think in, in this time and era of, like, we're supposed to be quarantined anyways, mm-hmm. the power and boldness to, like... Like where no strings are attached, and you can up and leave anytime because yeah. you have that type of but like. What, no, but what I would say is that's always how it was. But people, so here's my thing, okay? If I'm gonna go on my soapbox, shout out to the noob pod with their soapbox. Hey, they're still potting. I hate it, hate it, how people you suggest talk to me about. Oh my god, it's so great that you can travel to all these places. I wish I could do that. That seems so cool. You're so lucky. Dude, fuck all of you people who tell me that shit. You guys made the decision to lease your Mercedes. You made the decision to stay at this company even though it was a dead-end See, job. But that's... You made the decision to, to like, you wanted clothes, right? You wanted the fashionable Jeez. clothes. Right, now you're attacking you wanted... everybody. No, that's I, I, that's I, mostly no, true, but you come from a background policy. of most, like, somewhat freelancing you could write from anywhere. No, but a lot of those places I went to, I wasn't getting paid to freelance, right? Not well, more than you like, were, but you weren't tied down to a job because... Yeah, but I could have been. But you weren't. I chose not to because I wanted to leave. Just like anybody else could have wanted to leave. So my point is just this. It's like, life is a choice. It's not like, you can't have everything. So what I dislike about like so many of the messages we're sending is like, like everything is possible. Mm. Like, you can have it all. You can't have it all, mm. and you never could. Mm. And every time you thought you could, this is the definition of suburbia, like in suburban America, right? I'm close to the city, but I'm also I've got space, and I have like I live in the country. No, Talk to him, Dweez. Make your fucking mind up. Either you're gonna have like 
real, like, rural life and, like, be in the fucking mountains and, like, see nature and, like, have space. Or you're going to be in the city and actually be close to things. If you're in the suburbs, you're kind of like, oh, I don't really want to go <laughs> Wait, to did, do we just shit on everyone from the suburbs right No, now? I didn't shit on the, <laughs> everyone from the suburbs. People who live in the suburbs are my friends, and I respect <laughs> you. I shit on the concept. Yeah, Yo, you sound like a southern <laughs> no, white person this. right now talking about I their black on, friend. <laughs> no, I shit on the concept of suburbs. Because the concept of suburbs is a Trojan horse for the entire idea that you can have it all. And that, like, you can have, like, your things, and you can... And guess what? Of course you can have, like, your sweet vacation a year and two. And, like, you know what? Why don't you all get a thing? Like, get some kids to go with that. And, like, the dogs, sure. And, look, my only point is this. You can go ahead and try to, like, get all those things, but I promise you, you're never going to really have any of them because you're going to constantly be, like, half in all of them. And you're... Like, the people who've talked to me about traveling or talked to me about, like, you know, oh, I wish I could, you know... This is a lot of this stuff is for like you 20 year olds out there who have like yet to experience life. It's like, dude, yeah, you can do all this also. And Slim brought up the fact that like it's easier now, but it's only easier now because you have more excuses. See, but I also think that this is a perfect example of like the difference in upbringing and backgrounds, right? Whereas your parents came from more of like that, like. You, in the moment, yeah, like well, feel the spirit. Well, they couldn't say shit because they left too. Exactly. Right? Whereas, I don't know about your parents, but anytime, even with my own money, after I give them, you know, like allowance or whatever, and I pay for my own vacation, our parents still will have something to. What are you doing, spending money on this vacation? Why aren't you saving? That's Why true. aren't you thinking about your future? No, that's true, and I respect that everyone has their different scenarios for sure. Yeah, like, I, but I agree. At the end of it. None of that shit matters. If you want to fucking go, go. Yeah, like, and I think that's the biggest difference now. Is just like, and, and I think it. I think it helps to. It helps to perpetuate negative mental thought patterns, where again, you blame your outside surroundings or some like imagined scenario mm -hmm. about like how your life should be, and they give that as an excuse for why you're unhappy. Mm -hmm. And then what makes that even worse is by the time you go and get that thing, you've built it up into such a monolith of happiness. That, like, you get it and then you're not happy because mm -hmm. you thought it was going to solve all your problems. But guess what? Nothing's going to solve all your problems because your problems aren't solvable. They're just sort of, like, movable. And so you just, just expect, accept that you always have problems. I think we were trying to do this mental health episode to help people with mental health. But I we think we're going to depress people at the end of this fucking episode. I don't think that's depressing at all. You should lose hope. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that shit. Throw it out the window. No, I, I mean, there was, like, a book about this recently, too. But, like, I, I understood this Mark Manson book, um, Everything's Fucked. About losing hope. But it's, it is, like, things that I've felt in that same category, which is just, you know, look, when you make something the thing that's going to... Do whatever you think it's going to do for you. And you expectations go into that, and everything, whatever, and 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 everything becomes a goal and an objective and a finish line to cross. Newsflash: none of that shit's going to make you happy. None of it is going to do the things you think it's going to do. It's great to try and do things and make stuff. And as creators, uh, I think all three of us can agree: like it's just good. But the point is, you should just be doing that for its own sake. You shouldn't be doing it because it's going to get you blah, 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 blah. So, like, 
if you like gardening, just fucking garden. And don't try to like make a $10 million gardening business and then watch what happens when you just garden for the sake of gardening and you love it and then you make a $10 million gardening business. Or whatever <coughs> it is. Like you should just do these things because you love them. We podcast because we love it and that's why it's great. And that's why we enjoy coming to do it. If the three of us were legitimately like the only way we're going to do this is we're going to like turn it into a business. From the beginning it would have been shot and we would have hated it and we would have tried to fit a mold that we thought was the thing. And this is like a m- microcosm of how people live their lives is they try to like they try to do things the way that they've seen them work in the hopes that they achieve whatever things that they've perceived that other people have achieved without actually knowing that those same people that they might be idolizing are also like a swamp in their own minds and miserable despite the things that they have. So that's my diatribe. Remember, that's my seventh diatribe of the episode, probably. I don't know why I do this. <laughs> I don't know why I do it, because I get to hang out with my friends. Yeah. There you go. Because, see, for its own sake. If you guys feeling what I'm putting down, then I hope you like it. And on that note, Slim's going to tell me to shut up. No, I'm just trying to think. Like, so. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. This. This topic, like, I feel like I had so much more to talk about, but then I'm just like... Do you guys want to hit the quick ones? Just empty right now. Let's hit the quick ones. What are the quick ones? Your pinky? Does spirituality help? Therapy help? Talking to your friends help? Meditation help? Do you read books that help? Do you listen to podcasts that help? Do you do these things? Or do do you sort of think of mental health as like something that is important but you haven't really figured out how you want to look look at it in your life yet i think the biggest thing is is if you feel like you're in a slump or in a rut or something like you can't keep doing the same things and expect to feel different you know what i mean like whether it's yoga or reading or working out or whatever it is like a lot of people don't know because they haven't tried it so in a time where there's really nothing else to do, like go out and try shit, right? Um, I don't know. I've been I, I've been going back to a lot more gaming lately, and it's, it hasn't been that different because work has still been busy. Mm. But yeah, like what are some of the things that like you you started running more, like to kind of help with your mental? Yeah, health? and I also like I think maybe I mentioned it before, but I've never seen a therapist. I see a therapist once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, since like my family tragedies I felt warranted me being like I want to make sure that I'm okay Yeah. like from someone who's not my friends mm-hmm. because it is different to have someone to talk to who has like no preconceived thoughts yeah and, and they don't even know your story Yeah. and you know you can say things to them that maybe you wouldn't be able to say to other people but more for me more importantly just like being able to care about myself enough to make sure that I'm okay Mm. and know that what I went through was like pretty extreme Mm -hmm. and everyone probably has their own version of extreme things but this was my brand of it so I think that was useful I think reading is obviously useful I'm biased because of a writing background Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, meditation hmm 
Mm. So you, when you meditate, you like, do you just sit there, put on some music, and chill? Like, what does that entail? I do twice a day, twenty-three minutes each time. Oh, okay. Been doing it for about five years now. Just sitting in silence. It is a silent meditation. Uh, I learned a technique. There's lots of techniques. There's no wrong way to meditate. Right? Mm-hmm. There's thousands of ways. Different things can feel like meditations. People, some people say running feels like a meditation, or drawing, or cooking. Um, and I think those things are all valid. For me, in addition to some of those qualities, I find I do this technique, which is called transcendental meditation, it's TM, um, and it's just like a Rick you know, Rubin. Is, it, is Rick Rubin yeah, yeah. on that? I, that's why I thought you'd, you'd be really digging. Oh, yes, yeah, so I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I, I remembered hearing it from David Lynch, a filmmaker, and... Uh, he was in the documentary. David Lynch was? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they, they did talk a lot. Sorry, go ahead. And, uh, what documentary is this? Shangri-La, Rick Rubin's guru studio. And Stevie, it was in a Stevie Wonder song that I really liked. Um, so I was just like, okay, let's try it out. I went to like a thing. It's just, you know, all that stuff can feel like kind of icky if you take it too seriously but with all like the self-help stuff or mental health stuff i think the biggest mistake you could make is if like you smell that it like makes you uncomfortable or like you think it's corny or you think it like wouldn't help you or you don't think you're that mentally problematic to try something like you need to like put all that shit aside because by nature, your mind is now getting in the way of your mental health. Just try shit. I think what Slim said is perfect. Just try something. Just try it out. Even if you don't feel terrible. I think if you just feel, like, kind of stuck. Like, you, you, I don't think you have to... I Even despite what my family was going through and what I was going through in my personal life in the last 12 months, like, I did not feel the, like... I didn't feel like, oh my god, I'm so depressed and I need to see someone. I didn't feel that way at all. I felt like, this is all really extreme. Mm. And I should, like, just make sure that I'm okay. You know? I think I've seen articles that say, like, when you're in a spot where, like, you should be feeling some type of depression, you don't feel anything. Like, that can mean a a sign of depression, too, in in its own form. And I've I've talked to friends, and I've seen people who just sometimes feel like they're sort of at a crossroads in their life, or they're sort of stuck, and they just want to, like... I just think what I've found really useful is every time I've been like, this isn't going to work for me, this is, like, stupid. Mm -hmm. There's some exercises that I've done with... Because I also, like, had a client who just so happened to be, a like, a mental strength coach, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote. And she gave me these exercises, which I hated. And I thought they were the stupidest things in the world. Like, things about, like, going through and identifying your values. I was like, this is, I wanted to, I wanted to burn alive. Like, this was so <laughs> upsetting to even think about. But I trusted her, mm-hmm. just implicitly. Mm-hmm. And since she gave it to me, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like, fine. And doing those little things, sometimes they weren't that useful. But sometimes they were really useful. And mm-hmm. I, at the end of the... I could show it to you guys. I could pull it out. There's like a... It's probably like a coursework worth of work that I ended up doing. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, you know, a stack of pages mm-hmm. over the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, some of them weren't useful. But since I, like... If I was just like, I'm going to try them honestly. Like, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're being sincere, whether it's seeing someone, talking to your friends, like, any of these things. Like, be sincere about trying... Mm-hmm. Because don't think, don't let your mind tell you what to do. Just be like, I care enough about myself to try this. Yeah. 
um, in a sincere way because nothing's going to be good for you and you're, it's all going to be stupid and not worth it if you tell yourself that it's already stupid in advance. If yeah. you make up your mind before you even try it. And I try not to talk, and I hope I'm not coming across this way, like, like I know the answers or like these are the only ways or anything like that. That's like not the point. I think the point is when you resist it, those are again like maybe signs that like maybe you maybe there's something here mm -hmm. maybe like your strong reaction to it is a sign that like it could be helpful or useful to think about um and so those exercises helped me a lot like i had some serious mental breakthroughs i like noticed things that i had never really noticed before and so all these pieces for me um you know they all helped and and I feel so lucky to have been in a position where, like, those resources were easily available. <coughs> uh, and so, like, yeah, if people are listening to this and they want to know how they might start that, because I know it can be terrifi terrifying, especially if you've never done any mental health, anything, and you are at this stage, you don't want to just, like, call a therapist and, like, just go s talk to some guy you've never met or whatever. But you can start somewhere small and actually I will give one recommendation or maybe should we wait for recommendations at the end I'll do recommendations now Why no not? do it I, I got one too so okay I'll... yeah let's do recommendation real quick in the mental health vein um, there's a book which uh, you know there's a lot of mental health books out there and the only caveat I'll give about this book is that it is a very scientifically studied method um, and there's a lot of like research about it uh, I've had family members and friends who are more like bright brain people who are they don't trust anything that's not scientifically you know valid or proven or supported and so it is that more than is that kitty yeah we got cats roaming in the backyard looking for stuff okay uh, the book is called a liberated mind mm -hmm. and it is created written by the guy who started ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. It's mm. like one of several major veins of therapy. I've heard of it that. It is based off of behavioral, um, behavioral, not based off of, but it sort of grew out of behavioral, what is it? Some behavioral therapy stuff. Mm. Um, but ACT is, yeah, it's, it's pretty like easy to understand. Like you don't need to come with an understanding of lots of foot. And I read that book before I did anything. Before I did any of the exercises, before I did any of the, uh, before I actually saw a therapist myself, um, before any of it, I just read the book. And there's an audio book that's, there's an audio version um, that I'm rereading re it now because it's just really great. And it's a good place to start to help wrap your head around like how some of that works so that if you did want to actually go and see someone, you could do so without being too scared and sort of start getting familiar with the way oh cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy is or cbt is was like kind of predated it um before that and so yeah that was extremely useful and it wasn't in my experience it wasn't like ever in that book i did I ever feel like oh this is stupid this isn't for me where i did feel that way about some of the other stuff including meditation when i first thought, thought about meditation I was like, what the fuck like i'm gonna, you know i was turned off yoga too mm -hmm. uh, running too almost everything <laughs> so 
obviously I don't have a good track record of first impressions, so I don't trust myself when it comes to first impressions. Um, but that's my recommendation. Slim, what's your recommendation? Uh, mine's way more simple than reading a book. It's just being, like right now, it's more important than ever to just be present in the moment. You know, like mm. whether it's, if you're reading a book, get engulfed in that book. If you're chilling with family, like, like be there with your family and, you know, whether it's calling a friend or even watching a TV show, get lost in the TV show because, like, you kind of got to escape sometimes, you know what I mean? So, whatever you're doing, whatever you decide to do, like, be present. It's kind of like what you said earlier, like, if you're going to do it, like, don't do it halfway because it's not going to give you what you want if it's uncomfortable, like, you know, attack it head on. Mm. Um, and that's, yeah, that's all part of just being present in that moment and, and taking, it in, taking it in for what it is because, you know, nothing's consistent and every moment's fleeting right now. Yeah, that's some real shit. Josh, what's your recommendation, mental health recommendation? Hmm. I think... What have you been, have you been engaging with any of these things we talked about? Yeah, yeah. As a church-going man, you get some of that already, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm reminded of, like, um, I say, like, a, like a daily prayer, a couple, you know, a few times a day, just, um, and it always ends with, um, uh, Jesus be the center of us. Jesus be the center of us. And I think um, trying to get that core faith to emanate in everything that we talk about, everything that I do, uh, oftentimes it fails, you know, and I have really bad days, and there are certain certain tendencies I have that I'm like, oh, like, I'm sleeping a lot. I just want to get away from shit. Like, is that is that something? Is that a sign of something really, really rough? And I think, mm-hmm. partially, that's that might be a sign of really bad things, you know. But at the same time, uh, it's been an interesting thing. I've always gone to to faith and spirituality as as a comfort in these times and in rough times. And uh, like uh, my best friend JJ just lost his dad, and I remember. Um, yeah, I I really actively remember like me weeping in that time in that moment when I heard and I just mm-hmm. uh, I think for like first off like I'm uh, I was there for him but also I was you know I was I needed to be in that moment that you said it be in that moment of like I'm in such immense sorrow you know as if someone was a father figure to me as well and um, I was I was blessed and lucky enough to have my dad next to me seeing that happen and. Uh, that was a trip in itself, you know, mm. and uh, the whole family kind of gave me space, but like was also, you know, giving me, you know, words of comfort in the time. And usually, usually they've been, you know, Bible-based in certain, certain times. Sometimes it's just like life stuff. But um, I've seen how JJ has reacted to, uh, he's taken our like, you know, we have like small groups, like men's group, like every Thursday. And he's really taken the time for that time. He's a really happy-go-lucky guy, as we we're talking about, many people are. But taking that time to really ask me the, the really pressing, dark, and traumatic questions of, you know, why? And and how did this happen? And, and what are we doing here? And um, it's been a comfort to me to be able to always believe that there is some kind of higher, higher power and higher higher purpose in play. Mm-hmm. And that's always been this, um, that's been the centering fact. And the, center, the, the grounding fact of it is that, like, it's not a I'm lost in this bigger cosmic puzzle. It's like that I'm cared for even in my most anonymous times of need. Mm. And I think that will continually be what it is. And we were just reading through the Psalms yesterday and like the Psalms like King David, the biggest complainer and open open man of all, you know, in scripture history and this guy's just 
you know, he's he's crying out and weeping to the Lord. And I think the one thing that I found yesterday from my Bible study and through my men's group was just like, um, he's complaining, yes, he's sorrowful, yes, but he's aware that there is the presence of God next to him mm-hmm. and that it's listening to him at this time. And I think uh, I take comfort in that, you know. And um, this thing, I'm for reading all kinds of books on four community of all different kinds and I think that's at the heart of it I am in no place to to prescribe this as the method above all it works for me personally um, get me through a lot of very difficult difficult spots but um, I want that for everybody you know yeah. and it comes with a lot of burden it comes with a lot of weight but at the same time I think um, a connection to something greater than yourself is what we are fighting for this time Mm. And that's that's kind of what um, where I see a lot of the the hope and the light come from still, you know. And we talk about getting lost in something, man. Like I'm, we're we've been doing online services for this whole time. Yeah, because you haven't been. Right. When is the last time you were actually physically at church? March, March. Yeah, wow. yeah. So it's been a weekly thing. Um, some churches even do like they'll 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 still be in their homes and then it'll split from the music worship to. Um, the pastor in their own homes and then they'll stitch it together um, my church still does like a, a socially distance like four people in the building and then they'll they'll kind of probe that out right but it's just like um, I found myself getting lost when I'm singing in it and like I'm singing to the TV but at the same time I think we've always been taught and we've learned and I've experienced when it feels like um, God is in the room which mm. you know and I think it's hard because usually it takes a physical physicalness to be there with it within it to get that but um when you i think internalize that and give yourself a shot to actually try something new yeah to, to sing and shout to a tv sometimes and I, now i get why televangelists are so popular <laughs> it, well you, i mean it's yeah. even biblical right like yeah. it, like it, it even says like there's power in numbers when two or three are gathered right yeah exactly so when two or three can't gather then like all right like is the power of god a little less strong than you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean right yeah for sure yeah. for sure so yeah, man. Well, I think, but look, haven't we all, whether digital church services, digital podcast recordings, graduations, yeah. weddings, digital girlfriends, funerals, <laughs> like if you've, you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening, they've had experiences with all those things. And yeah. I've had experiences with all those things. And it's sort of like different, but it, again like reminds you of the fact that like the world's still going on mm. despite all this like all the regular stuff that was there is still there right um it's just both feels more numb and like like hard to feel and see well, but also like really heightened not at the same time i mean just to go back a little bit a perfect example of that is like the the explosion in beirut yeah like if the world wasn't fucking insane right now like people would have been talking about that shit for a lot longer and it would have been a way bigger topic if covid didn't kick our ass right well that's that's their hey what's on your mind thing right mm-hmm. because the day that the day after that happened um i think was the 75th anniversary of the hiroshima atom bomb mm-hmm. and so and i like wrote a letter to my cousin that day so mm-hmm. i talked all about it and that was like what was on your mind that day yeah, you know yeah, what's yeah. on your mind that day was like dude did you see the video and for people who've seen the video 
Like, that video was so wild. Fucking nuts. I've never seen, I don't think any of us have ever seen, like, with our own two eyes, like, something in our era that was like that. Yeah. I mean, 9-11, I guess, would be the closest thing, like, watching the buildings collapse. Yeah, but an explosion like that, that looked like straight CGI, right? Yeah, it looked like a movie, but, like, way scary because it wasn't a movie. Yeah. Um, and I remember listening to the New York Times, The Daily, which I've become, like, a pretty... Uh, yeah, I've I, also I listen, I've also been listening a lot. Actually. Yeah, I listen every day, and and the journalist for the Times that was there, she just describes everything that happened to her that that day and how she got like blown about and like where she like wandered in the streets, and you're just like, oh my god, like yeah. So it's really really something to uh, to try to even. It's like we're all stuck at home, right? But it's like it's something to try to even like think we've thought about COVID all of us have thought about COVID this whole time but think of all these other things that have been happening during different phases of COVID um you know George Floyd happened during COVID yeah. um like Kobe Bryant happened right before Kobe Bryant happened right before um and I want I want to I talk all about of our that. personal lives had things right exactly I think we you guys were describing Beirut and I think I had a very different reaction which was like I just shut down and I was like I cannot possibly absorb another news story as tragic i think everyone has gone I, like mine happened probably a month maybe five weeks ago i just stopped watching the news i stopped researching like current events i just disconnected yeah. myself from everything so that's the thing i think this, this is the double-edged sword of, of of the kind of mental health battle you know the daily battle of this is like um Knowing when you need the space and knowing when you need the time to 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 to, to shut to plug to off disconnect, yeah. to disconnect, but also not being numb to things, you know. Mm. And well, I yeah, think maybe, we all want to be active and aware, and we talk so much about all that right, stuff right, right. here. It's like you don't want to be out of the conversation. No, but, no, I kind of want to be out of the conversation. Like, <laughs> no, but, don't talk to me, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, but no, that's a good point, Josh. Um, but my my suggestion to help like manage that feeling especially if it's like a guilty feeling like oh I don't know what's going on I need to like read up yeah it's like wait a second have you taken care of yourself today what did you do to take care of yourself today that's really helpful like what did you have do? you have you, you done if, something to yeah, take care of you, yourself today yeah and yeah. if you have it don't be fucking reading about news that you have very little control over you even if you're going to sign a petition for it or mm-hmm. even if you're going to donate 50 bucks for it or whatever because like that's to me that's the definition of mental health mental health is putting yourself first in a way that undoes the word selfish like this word selfish which has such a negative connotation sure and like self-care like and people i think a lot of people especially like and this isn't like just a judeo-christian tradition but like people who grew up in like a western religious background or just a western religious world we often are told so much that we have to sacrifice for others and we have to put others first. And those stories are always always put on such a pedestal, so much so that some of those same people forget to take care of themselves. Yeah. I mean, parents, they're the same, right? Like, the, the last person that they'll take care of is themselves because they're taking care of their kids mm-hmm. and they're taking care of their spouse. So, if but the whole joke about it is if you don't take care of yourself, you aren't you can't be any of the things you want to be for those people mm-hmm. you can't be the best version at all yeah so like it isn't selfish to take your half an hour and read your scripture yeah when you could have been you know doing x y or z it's not selfish to take your time and like 
be in the moment. Like sometimes I can put your phone down so you don't have to respond to those texts right now, mm-hmm. or you know, reply to the the thing or an- call the person back or do the work thing, because all that is putting yourself first, and it makes some people uncomfortable to do that. But it's the only thing that's gonna it's the only thing that's gonna start changing the pattern of you putting yourself last. Yeah, I mean, in in a year in a world where everything's kind of gone wrong, the one thing that is there is that it's never been easier to disconnect from all the things that don't matter and focus on what is yeah. if you recalibrate the way you think and you know mm-hmm. like if you said you didn't have time before motherfucker you got time now right yeah and and i think that 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 whole idea of i don't have time that's all the ego talking too that's all like you thinking that you can influence all these events too yeah like so part of it is like you've got to let go of this idea that you can control everything or that you need to do all these things or they're going to go haywire or they're going to go wrong because again by all means do that stuff if you have the bandwidth but if you don't have the bandwidth if you didn't take care of yourself today if you didn't look out for yourself if you didn't ask yourself even like a hard question that you know you need to ask yourself you should probably do that first probably like even take a whole day to do that you should probably just like call in sick from your work at home job that day and sort of like face this thing. Yeah. Because if you can do that, you're gonna be better at your job. You're gonna be better with your people. Like it it opens up. That's the thing about mental health, right? Is if you can start to cultivate a better mental universe or one that doesn't hold you back, that one that isn't a dick to use the words of that book that is like a dictator and runs your life for you. (coughs) You can do all the shit you wanna do better. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to take another break before Tea with Dweez. Tea time. Oh, my God. Tea with Dweez. Yo, you know how long it's been? I didn't even remember that there is a tea time. Yeah, I was like, what are we doing for the third segment? Uh, No, I didn't even think that there was a third segment. I thought we were about to end it. We're back in the backyard for the first time since 1937. We are drinking Darjeeling First Mm. Flush. We're in India today, y'all. We're traveling to India. We've traveled to your minds and our minds and all the minds in between. I'm just mostly happy to see these guys again in the flesh. Yeah, uh, they were the only. I think the first two people I saw during quarantine to just they both drop. I think Josh dropped something off. Slim picked something up. Really early on, but I haven't actually got to hang out with them. And so it was drugs. It's really special. No, it was a microphone. <laughs> and it was a scarf. Josh dropped off a scarf. Slim picked up a microphone, and now we're drinking some Darjeeling tea and hanging out and talking about uh, how to take care of yourself better. Which good time to do that. Also a good time to think about the fact that, um, I don't know, sports are still going on, guys. There's, like, the Lakers are in the playoffs. Like, baseball's kind of happening. Like, are you guys all into this shit? Are we, are we watching games? Are we feeling excited? I mean, LAFC is obviously going to play the Galaxy tomorrow at the Bank of California. That's kind of crazy. Um, so just give me, your, give me your feelings about live events and whether you're getting the juice you usually get out of them when you watch things on TV? As far as sports go, 
I mean, when the MLS's back tournament was going on, watching LAFC, like, I mean, yeah, as far the my favorite sports moment since quarantine started was that 6-2 battering of the Galaxy, right? But other than that, like, trying to get into watching the NBA, I can't stand the commercial breaks, bro. <laughs> like, I do keep trying to fast-forward it. I was like, oh, this is live. <laughs> too, too many damn commercials. Um, I don't know. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't hold as much weight to me, in my mm. opinion. You know, even... Even like towards the later matches in the MLS's Cup, MLS's back tournament, I was kind of like, oh, all right, like, whatever, like, yeah. The the I mean, it's it's more so like the same like meaning it gives your day is different. Yeah, you know, it's like you might enjoy just like flipping through and watching mm-hmm. someone dunk or score a goal. Well, let's just think of the the, the actual differences in like the the lead up and duration of a match right Mm -hmm. like up until last year if it's an away game we're we're setting up a watch party we're getting to the watch party early we're drinking with people we're engaged in not just the game but the community Mm. right and like you know there's there's certain sports and stuff where it's really just a game but us as lafc supporters like it's it's more than just a game it's the build up to it it's the tailgate it's the, you know, we should be thinking about merch for certain holidays. And, you know, like, and that's kind of why, like, there's so much other stuff going on that, that may have been just under the, the covers of all the winning we've been doing and all the excitement of this stuff. But, mm. yeah, man, it's... it's. But the, but right now is a great time for growth for the LAFC community, too. Yeah. Even, the, even though people can't see each other, it's like... Everyone can take a good look at themselves and good and, look at each and other. And that is, and sometimes you can look at yourself and be cool with what it is, and sometimes you know, like it's going to need improvement, right? Yeah. And like I said, when when we've been winning, you know, win after win every week, and you know, like life's going good, and you know, it's that's just what. And there's it, always games too. It's exactly. Part. It's not just always even just the wins. It's just the fact that oh, it's a new week, new game. Okay, we don't got to deal with the. The thing that happened. Yeah. Like, let's just, you know what, we're going to the away day in San Jose, let's just keep it moving. When all the glitz and the glamour of life, you know, fade away and all you have in the reflection is your mirror, in, like, in the mirror is yourself, like, it's not always, like, everything's cool, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's kind of been the biggest thing, not just with individuals, but with the 3252 as a group. Do you guys think that other clubs like in MLS and around the world are kind of facing these same sort of conundrums? Or are, have you guys been proud with the way that, like, LAFC supporters are, for on the whole, like, at least trying to address some of this stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, we're definitely proud, but it's, it's you know, just like any, any other group of supporters or something you see when they're going through their turmoil, like, you're... You know, the general public isn't going to look at the, the strides to better themselves. It's just, They just look at what the fuck-up was, right? Mm. So it's just like, are we, you know, like, can can you, like, kind of throw that to the wayside, that feeling of, like, all the fuck-ups and really just continue to work through the issues, right? Mm. You know, and it, and it's hard because, like we said, people are suffering from boredom. They're, they're going to find things to be frustrated about and, you know, whatnot, but... It's just really what the bigger picture is and, you know, not really just pointing out all the things that are wrong. This is kind of like what we were talking about of, like, trying not to be a hater, right? 
it's kind of a race to the bottom. And I, I think this goes true even if you're trying to big something up in a way, too. It's like, if you're trying to just, like, only... If it's always about, like, something being better than or worse than mm -hmm. or, like, you know, the judgments being cast, right and wrong are the main topics being discussed. Mm. It's just, like, where that's not really going to get... Those aren't comp those aren't the terms that the most complex and the problems that need the most dealing with need to be talked about in, you know, like and it it's, it serves not that much in terms of change if you talk about things in that way, mm -hmm. because when you accuse people of stuff, it doesn't automatically like help you out. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of just asking yourself like, all right, like if you're about to engage in a confrontation, what is your goal? Right? Like, if are you just going to complain about something to complain about it? Or are you actually trying to fix the problem? And if you're going to bring it up, are you willing to have the uncomfortable conversation that goes into fixing the problem? Mm. Or are you just going to say, this is what you did wrong? And that's mm. where the conversation ends. Yeah. Right? It's like, how are you going to productively criticize each other? And how are you going to, mm. you know, it's, it's, and, it, and it's hard because mm -hmm. emotions are mixed into what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Just in general, like, like you have to, like, take a breather and feel the emotions first and then process those thoughts and, and you know, convey how you're thinking. Because if, if not, like, how are you going to fix the problem? Right. right. But, yeah, that, that kind of goes in with everything. Mm -hmm. It's, like... If you're going to turn over the stone, turn it over. Take a flashlight to that bitch and see what the fuck's going on in there. Mm. Don't just turn it over and walk past. It's like, oh, that stone's turned. It's cool. Like, like you know, like I said, right now more than ever, you got time. Right. Take that time, man. Like, mm. And I think it goes the same. The same goes true for people who get defensive about when they're accused of whatever. Mm -hmm. Right? Like being accused of something or being criticized in that way, the automatic response is to fight against that. Yeah, or to, it's human nature. Yeah. But if you can just take a moment and mm -hmm. realize, like, wait, maybe my community is trying to make me stronger. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're trying to, like, maybe maybe this is a good thing. Um, but, again, if you're even as, like, the accused or someone who might have overstepped their boundaries looks at it in right and wrong terms... Because a lot of times the people who are saying are saying right or wrong terms, and they think right or wrong terms, who can like live with themselves in a state of being wrong, like being like bad, being like the problem, right? Like no one wants to live in that space. So it's better to like if you're being told that like something is not, you know, up to up to snuff, you can't think about it in those terms and hope to make improvement on your end. Mm -hmm. I think. If you split things into this binary, it's just like it's never going to happen. Like everyone's just going to be defensive and angry, and nothing's going to move. Yeah. What do you? What's, what's your thinking, Josh? You're sitting over there. I see your eyes scrolling around, scrolling around to the to the communities. Yeah, I'm, I like what you guys said. I think there's some very uh, necessary conversations being had. You know, especially around um, kind of maybe some sexist attitudes that we, we, we have all held and that mm. 3252 sometimes is trying to, you know, is trying their best not to not to uphold, but at the same time falling to this, the same pitfalls of it. Mm. Um, those are all really important conversations to have. I also agree that it's not, there needs to be a, 
a beyond option than right and wrong. It's like you're you're wrong, you're incorrect. Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's or it's, like or just explaining it more. Yeah. Like oh yeah, yeah. what and, do you mean and, by wrong? Like well, this was this was hurtful to me. You, what you said hurt me, or or yeah, yeah. the way that this was presented left me out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Now we can have a conversation about it. Now that the person, if you say that to a person versus like, you fucked up, you're wrong, you need to admit how wrong you are. Mm-hmm. Now you're like casting judgment and they're defensive and you, the goal is about you winning or looking good rather than actual change. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of the generation we live in right now. It's, it's a generation where we have the most knowledge, mm. but we have the least amount of understanding. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, or patience. I mean, we expect things to happen now and don't know how to how to yeah and and look I and and i mean i think there's also a bigger picture like people also have to remember about cultural relevancy right like we come from a generation of shock comedy right you watch stuff when we were kids like married with children or you know like a little more like like third rock from the sun and you know these older shows that like you watch the type of comedy that was going on back then and you know damn well that wouldn't fly right now we come from a generation of howard stern where we were watching him growing up on the E channel when we weren't supposed to, you know what I mean? Where, like, his MO was do the most shocking, crazy things that you can do to push the limits and boundaries of what humor and comedy is. So to come from a generation of that to, to uh, you know, of super political correctness, like, people also have to give each other space to grow into that, Right? Because this is all fairly new for everybody. The social media generation of calling people out and cancel culture and whatever. Like, we came from a world where, like, Howard Stern was getting naked, saying the N-word, like, doing crazy-ass shit. So, like, you know. And a lot of these people that are complaining, unless you're 18 years old, you came from that same generation, too. So stop acting like it never existed. Right? Like, yeah, I just think I think just like nuance on all sides needs to happen. Like people need to and be and specificity, being specific about what was felt or like the things that were done, rather than just like. Again, I think like when it gets reduced to combativeness, mm-hmm. and it's about injuring the other person the way that you've been injured, or it's about um, it's about being proved right and to show wrong. I just yeah. don't, I just don't know that that's even going to work to what people want, and I recognize that we're all men talking about this. In the case of what Josh brought up, in terms of like, yes, and I and I recognize that we're all we all identify as straight, right? Yeah, yeah. We all identify as uh, we identify as men, and we you know, so we're you know in positions that typically wield power or have traditionally well well power in those senses so it's not i know that like all i'm saying is like let's continue conversations not end conversations yeah yeah and let's, i think i'm i'm yeah. on i'm i'm with you guys in terms of like understanding where the influences come from and keeping the conversation going i'm trying to be better about uh not discounting the reactions of a exactly. fed party mm-hmm. and so like if they come out and this is me i'm actively working on this if they come at me or they come at a, a friend of mine in a way where I cannot approve, I, I'm I'm actively, as someone, maybe still a minority in this country, but at the same time a male, straight male in this country, to be like, what's their, what's their issue? What's their core hurt? 
and have I contributed to that in any way? And I'm trying to place place less less of a, a burden on them to do do it the correct way and the right way because oftentimes yeah, even the correct is, yeah. mm-hmm. the correct and right point. ways have been good have point. been unheard. You know, so I understand that. At the same time, I've been really encouraged by a lot of these. You know, especially. Um, women-led groups and even um, LGBTQ groups who have been like, we are out for a restorative justice model, and I think it's 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 kind of like a, a sexy new term for people who are, who are talking about this. But at the same time, I think we all need to realize if we're, I think it is the right way. It is absolutely such a beautiful way to go about justice and and bringing people together. But it's so fucking messy, and it comes with so many strings of you actively forgiving people daily on this on this on this point to provide a pathway to for them understanding so that's where i'm i'm with you guys when it's like it cannot end with no even though i don't want to say that's the the only way to do it but if you are actively saying i believe in restorative justice for um issues of injustice then it has to come at great personal weight and great personal burden for you to to help help that continue and I think as straight men in positions of some kind of weird power that we are on part of it is up for up for us to actively extend that olive branch first and yeah. continually and I think that's kind of where above all I want people goes. I want people to know that like especially on this podcast and like our channels and stuff it's like I want I want to have I want to the conversations to get more detailed yeah. I want them to have to, to us to have more of that. Like I don't want to. The beautiful thing about podcasting, I think, is that it's it is a longer form thing. It's a conversation, and conversations uh, can yield a lot of things. Versus like, yeah, just like, you know, I just, when people shut down, it sucks. Yeah, it yeah. sucks because um, those are moments of growth, and and right now is a shutdown moment. If we're taking it all the way back to the mental health thing, it's like. Yeah, you can be, you could just be pissed, and you could just sit at home, and you could just be angry, and you can you can blame someone, the government or whatever, um, and you can like just have that attitude about it. But you know, if you care about yourself, even if just for pure self interest, pure self interest, if you care about yourself, like I do think that like engaging with this stuff. Um, just about the same things that make you uncomfortable about yourself. You know, the things that make you uncomfortable about the world, you got to ask yourself why, and maybe having conversations with someone, even if they've wronged you, or if you've been accused of wronging, like Josh just said, like, the way you described it, and, like, having the wherewithal to, like, ask yourself the important questions when you're in that position, when people are blaming you. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been blamed, but, like, I was once working at a library, and, like, it was once suggested that, like, I needed to, like, keep more of a distance from the kids because, like, parents had complained about, like, you know, mm. like, that I was, like, becoming too friendly with them in terms of, like, you know, they were, like, it was a library, so, like, kids were coming to check out books, and they were also, like, playing on these computers, and I wanted to understand what they were playing, so I ended up, like, playing this game called Animal Jam, mm-hmm. and, like... In Animal Jam, I just wanted to know whether I should tell them they, like, can't play that game or not, basically. It's like, is this game, like, educational? Is this helping? Like, or is this just, like, some things I should be watching? And, like, the kids, like, their little characters, like, they talk to each other. And they, like, talk to, like, my character when they're in there. Like, he's making friends with them on social media. That's what someone said. And, no, this is actually an issue that we talked about when uh, we had 
3252 had someone come to talk about like sexist issues yeah. and stuff and male teachers are very much looked at in a weird light compared to female yeah. teachers right and so and so and so the point was i felt hurt mm -hmm. that like you know that i was even like put into that box or that category but uh i think it was also important for me to like it was a good it was a good thing too because mm -hmm. it helped me think about like oh wow like this is a this is a landscape that looks differently than I assumed it did, mm -hmm. or it, or the way I thought it did when I was a kid. Yeah, and or, it, and it kind of puts it into perspective. Like yeah. and, it, and it, it, it was a moment where sexism hit you. Yeah. Whereas. Well, it wasn't even sexism. It was like it, it, it is was like, though. Oh, I guess it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, you know I what I mean? You're a male like caretaker, and that makes parents uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. So it kind of puts into perspective like what a woman must feel like quite often. Yeah. Right. True. So True. you know, there's there's always like wait to every side of the story yeah it's just kind of you know and if you can manage to if you can my my i guess my linking these two things together is like if you can manage to like squeeze some of that weight or you can you can interact with that weight it benefits you in the same way that interacting with like the darker parts of yourself or the things that you're uncomfortable with talking about it's the same yeah the, the fact is it's basically coming from another person to you but and so it, you know it's the tendencies to fight it but if like you can learn if you if you improve the mental health side i think that side gets easier too yeah i think people who are insecure and and combat when accused and stuff is also because maybe like some of that mental health part has never really been examined and this is really random but that's kind of like one of the reasons why i'm such an advocate for for weed yeah because it's one of the only drugs or substances that can make you introspective Right? Some people say it's paranoia. Right? Okay. People that aren't experienced smokers, they'll be like, I get so paranoid. Right? But when, like, I guess you mature as a smoker, that paranoia turns into introspection. Mm. Right? It's the only drug that, like, after you take a hit and you're enjoying your high for a bit, you'll sit there and be like, maybe <laughs> I shouldn't smoke anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or, like, why did I do that today? Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, you get drunk and you don't really think about that shit. And if you do think about that shit, you get super emotional about it. You know, mm -hmm. if you fucked up, you're like, ah. Yeah. If you did something good, you're just like, ah. Where's you know, whatever the fuck you're gonna do. But yeah, like. The in, highs and lows. Yeah, introspection is you know, like like I said, it's just. Yeah. Always look, look at yourself. Always look at yourself first. Mm -hmm. I think it's. I think it's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Whether it's the mental yeah. health stuff. And you, whether and your past, whether it's the present and someone in your community or your because in any situation you're in, the most controllable part of that situation is you. The only controllable yeah. part. You can't control what somebody else does. Uh, you know, there's, there's Pimp, pimps are ways. pimps for a reason. Don't have you control it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about internet pimps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, sorry. No, I shout out too short, man. Nah, I'm just like I, I just want to bring up like. Man, I was struggling with how hard um, LAFC, Twitter, Instagram, all that social media was going after we lost to Orlando. And um, that really gave me my first social media break kind of warning because I was so disappointed and depressed about how we were acting. And I think I've been trying to r rationalize it in my head. And it comes from some of the... I think it's like these people are so... LFC is one of those things where it's actually better in person than it is on social media. And I think once you remove the in-person aspect of it, 
all we have left is it's the social media, media beast that we fed, you know, decently enough. And I'm just like, I think the negative reactions just, I mean, just around the team and then that reflects around the larger culture. Man, that was like disappointing as hell. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm weird about like being like you guys are incorrect or wrong because I'm like, yo, you express whatever the fuck you want to express. But at the same time, the platforms that we use outside of being there in person discussing a loss is so fucking bad yeah you know what I'm saying I, and I felt that for the first like I don't know maybe it wasn't the first first time but I was just like what the fuck are we doing yo you guys l- feel like that let me give our millions of I listeners a, a quick a quick little reality check LAFC in our first two and a three or whatever the fuck seasons we've had has been fucking amazing it's not gonna last you fucks So if you want to get all bent out of shape and miserable and pissed off and bitter and shitty every time we lose, yo, you ain't going to last as an LAFC fan or a supporter. Like, this shit isn't going to be a fucking rainbow and butterfly ride forever, you fucks. So suck it up. Stop your bitching sometimes. Like, if you're a miserable fuck and that's why you have to be a miserable fuck online, like, cool. Like, I'll just block you. But... It's not a good look. Y'all look like assholes. Y'all look like shit. Y'all look like dickheads. Like, they're not dickheads. Yeah, dickheads are awesome. We, uh, Isn't trademark. it assholes? Yeah, you guys look like assholes. <laughs> there you go. Dickheads good. Yeah, dickheads are assholes great. Bad. Yeah, they stink. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like, it's a reality check. If you're going to be miserable every time we lose, man, like, you got a long life of fandom ahead of you that's not going to be very enjoyable. Because Carlos Vela is not going to be Superman forever. And he just cut his hair. So we'll see what the fuck happens. Like, yeah, stop being miserable fucks, guys. Thank you, Sam. Hey, I'm going to keep it short this time. Go outside. <laughs> just go outside. Just go outside. Ooh, I like it. Get some vitamin D, y'all. Um, yeah, anywhere else y'all want to go? If not, this has been another episode of the FCFC pod. We love and appreciate all of you. We miss all y'all. And we hope that us venting about how crazy we're going helps you guys in whatever you're going through. And, yeah. Samba, baby. Leave a review. If you can leave a review, people can find us either, easier on Spodcast. Spodcast <laughs> and Spotify. <laughs> Have you guys ever noticed that every podcast says like the exact same broiler thing? They're just like, by leaving a review, people can help find us. It's oh, just yeah, like, yeah. dude, I don't want to hear that anymore. So fuck y'all, leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> people can find us. And on that note, peace. Bye. FCFC. FC FC. FCFC. FC FC. 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 FC FC.